In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now, as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women you are the most blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exults in God my Saviour, because he has looked upon his lowly handmaid. Yes, from this day forward all generations will call me blessed, for the Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And his mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear him. He has shown the power of his arm. He has routed the proud of heart. He has pulled down princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich sent empty away. He has come to the help of Israel, his servant, mindful of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, of his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back home. The Gospel of the Lord In the first reading, we are presented with that climatic confrontation between two seemingly poorly matched opponents. In one corner, we have the cosmically enormous dragon that is able to sweep away the constellations and galaxies with its tail, and in the other corner, a picture of abject haplessness and vulnerability, a pregnant woman in labour, notwithstanding that she is adorned with the sun, crowned with stars, and is standing on the moon. If you were better in the audience, you would put your every dollar on the lizard rather than the latter. This scene is so captivating that we often pay little attention or ignore entirely the paragraph that introduces the scene. Let me reread it if you have missed it. The sanctuary of God in heaven opened, and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen inside it. This line seems unconnected with what follows, and yet it is the very clue which introduces the following scene of the battle. The note that the sanctuary of God in heaven open can be said to be a summary of the book of Apocalypse. This is the awaited moment of revelation, a glimpse of hidden heavenly realities in the midst of the turmoil and chaos we are experiencing in this world. And what is being revealed to us? It is the Ark of the Covenant. But what has the Ark to do with the lady in the next scene? More importantly, what has the Ark to do with today's feast of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and her Assumption? 
Before we answer these burning questions, let us now turn to the Gospel. In telling us the story of Jesus Christ, Luke presents Mary as our role model, the first Christian, but he drops hints to indicate something more. Mary is overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit when she conceives Jesus. Elizabeth questions, why should I be honored with a visit from the mother of my Lord? Mary stays in the hill country of Judah for three months. Now, in the Old Testament, one item is overshadowed by the cloud of God's Spirit. It is the Ark of the Covenant. And Elizabeth's question echoes that of King David when he hesitated to bring the Ark into Jerusalem. David's questions sound very much like Elizabeth's. How can the Ark of the Lord come to me? And so he leaves the Ark for three months in the hill country of Judah. It's easy to miss the parallel between the Ark of the Covenant as the dwelling place of God and Mary as the new dwelling place of God. You see, the Ark of the Covenant, strange as it may be, is a type of prefiguration of Mary. God loved his people and wanted to be close to them. He chose to do so in a very special way. And so God instructed Moses to build a tabernacle. Within the tabernacle, he was to place an ark made of acacia wood, covered with gold inside and out. And within it was placed a golden jar holding the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. In the ark of the old covenant, God came to his people with a spiritual presence. But in Mary, the ark of the new covenant, God comes to dwell with his people, not only spiritually, but physically, in the womb of a Jewish girl. Notice the amazing parallels. In the ark was the law of God inscribed in stone. In Mary's womb was the word of God in the flesh. In the ark was the urn of manna, the bread from heaven that kept God's people alive in the wilderness. In Mary's womb is the bread of life come down from heaven that brings eternal life. In the ark was the rod of Aaron, the proof of true priesthood. In Mary's womb is the true high priest. No wonder St. Gregory the Wonder Worker said that Mary is truly an ark, gold within and gold without, and she has received in the womb all the treasures of the sanctuary. You can clearly see how the Ark of the Covenant is tied to Mary's role and her identity. But it still doesn't answer the question, what has, to do, what has this to do with the Assumption? The Temple, the sacred place of Israel's worship and the dwelling place of God is no longer. When a Temple was destroyed, the Ark of the Covenant was lost. By the time of the Third Temple, Herod's Temple, the building was merely an empty shell and the inner chamber, called the Holy of Holies, where the ark used to be housed, was now vacant. But there is a new dwelling place of God. Scripture affirms that Jesus is the new temple. The place where God and humans meet is Jesus. Jesus, after his resurrection, ascended into heaven. The Lord sits in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But a temple would not be complete. It would only be a hollow shell of a building without its most defining content, the Ark of the Covenant. And so the Virgin Mary, the new Ark of the Covenant, 
would not be separated from the dwelling place of the Most High, just as Israel longed to carry the Ark to the Holy City, where it could be placed in the Temple. The new Ark must be taken to the presence of God. She who bore the presence of God into the world would herself be taken into His presence once and for all. So the scene described in the first paragraph of first reading is not just an editorial prelude to the battle scene between the dragon and the mysterious lady. The former scene provides the necessary interpretation for the latter. Mary, the woman adorned with the sun, crowned with stars, and standing on a moon, is an apocalypse, a revelation of that very ark of the covenant. Which is now brought up to the sanctuary of heaven, as the Ark of the Covenant assumes its rightful place in heaven, we celebrate that Christ has given us victory over death. Before we receive the bread from heaven from the hands of the priest, who acts in the person of Christ, the High Priest, once again, we will declare together that we believe in the resurrection of our bodies and our life in the world to come. What assurance can we have that this is true? Well, Mary, the new Ark of the Covenant, is proof of this. It is not only her spiritual soul which is taken up to heaven, but her body too. For that same body was the tabernacle, which contained not just symbols or representations of God. The tabernacle of a womb contained God Himself. As Saint Augustine rightly sang her praises. Him whom the heavens cannot contain, the womb of one woman bore. For that reason, it is not hyperbole that Mary, the new ark of the covenant, is larger than the heavens. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.